setting up done okay let me go here yes go live there okay so uh i believe we are live ladies and gentlemen and yes technically be live on um rumble uh facebook mm. instagram youtube mm. um, and i think that's it right did i mention four you said four to me earlier yeah okay cool all right, so let's hope we're there. If not, I do apologize, but we are going live somewhere. We're I trying. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let the audience know we got a bunch of cool stuff coming up for you guys. Uh, if you are uh, fans of the show, friends, friends of fans of the show, Breaking Bad, fans of Home Alone, uh, next week I believe is December fifth. We do have the one and only Larry Hankin uh, coming on to to chat with us. So that's pretty exciting. But old Larry, you, yeah. you'll recognize his face when you see him for sure. Exactly. He's, he's one got, of those, he's one of those character actors that you know people don't know their names, but they they recognize their face immediately. A hundred percent. He's got a book out called That Guy, I think, because uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Perfect. that guy. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Uh -huh. So he'll come on, tell us all about that. I believe he quit Hollywood. He was sick of all the bullshit and all that good stuff. So he's got a I don't blame him there. Yeah. I spoke to him a while ago. He was talking trash on the uh, Friends cast, which was kind of cool. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Is that before Matthew Perry passed or after? Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. Good point. I would like to actually talk to him about that. Um, yeah, because that's crazy. Uh, so I know we're live on Instagram. I'm hoping the rest are uh, there as well. Uh, if not, I don't know. We'll post a video later, but. I think we're good. Uh, Shit. Yeah. Uh, people, if, if you have live interaction, people can buy uh, in from those various various uh, platforms. Yeah, well, I do see that we're at least live on Facebook, live on Instagram. So the YouTube and Rumble, I think we are. I will double check when we are done. But uh, I think we're golden, dude. Prestige Worldwide. Prestige Worldwide. What is this? Boats and hoes. Boats and hose. Step brothers. Come on, man. Oh, okay. I was like, boats and hose. When are we going? Yeah, know? Yeah, they, they sing the song, dude. Boats and hose. Oh, my God. Dude, my memory is shot. Like, I, I, I go to rewatch things that I liked as a kid, and I'm like, this kind of sucks. So, like, I don't remember it properly. Oh, you, you will not be disappointed in rewatching Step Brothers. Come on. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I think I've seen Dumb and Dumber. Uh, probably with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels, probably over a hundred times. That movie is classic. Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah, absolutely. So I, great. I used to be able to like quote it as it was going on. I could say every, every line. Uh, yeah. Let the audience know. So our young Bobby will be with us shortly. He's at the doctors getting uh, his um, balls chopped off. He's becoming young <laughs> Roberta. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And then we also have a fun show with Ken. I believe you say stay to her but i'm not a hundred percent on that he's a fan of live he's been a fan since the throwing copper days been to a bunch of shows uh so that'll be fun to catch up with him talk to him yeah we got this uh guy dylan down in south africa that wants to come on because we mentioned south africa yeah he wants to tell us about it so i gotta we gotta get that get him booked on here dude but i like yes he, he has firsthand experience of what's going on down there that we don't hear about over here Absolutely. That'd be uh, good to get some firsthand uh, knowledge on that. But 
So I looked into it a little bit after you mentioned it. Yeah, not looking too uh too cool over there, man. It seems like uh people are taking lands back from uh farmers and stuff like that. And yeah. they're giving it to people who don't know how to farm. So like yep. the, yeah, the immediate doesn't look horrible, but the you know, further you go starts to look really crazy. Yeah, the same same thing happened in another African country, and I can't remember the name right now. Tanzania or something like that, maybe not Tanzania. Anyway, so they they gave all the for, they gave the farmland from the white farmers to to the black farmers, the indigenous whatever, yeah. and they didn't know how to farm, so they had a freaking famine. Yeah, it's like uh, okay, well, it's it's you know, it's where it's where equity becomes dangerous to populations. Very good point. I guess I'm just naive to the world, but I was watching this uh, Zach Efron. Um, like kind of documentary on uh, Netflix. Uh, the first season he went to like a bunch of uh, different countries and stuff like that. And then I think the second season he was uh, stuck in Australia when uh, 9-11 had first, 9-11, when COVID had first hit. And um, oh. he fell in love with Australia. But I didn't realize that Australia was basically had indigenous, I guess everywhere has like we did to the native Americans, the Europe, oh, yeah, the aboriginals. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Europeans did to their aboriginals, which is, uh, I wonder why you don't hear that. Like you always hear how horrible it was for the native Americans, but you don't really hear. And, and, and Australia wasn't founded like that, you know, they didn't do this like that much before America or, or, mm -hmm. or anything like, that. like it shouldn't be lost to history. But I guess I don't know if they don't teach it or something, or I'm just stupid. I'm not sure. But I kind of uh, they cover pretty well there. I mean, you know about it when you're there. Yeah. Um, but they have. I mean, they seem to have great respect for the Aboriginal people now there. Now. But, uh Yeah. You. Just, I mean, it's just not something they teach here in America. Yeah, I guess so because they were like, well, I I figured they would because it's not that they like my story would be if I was America. Well, look, yeah, we did do this shitty thing, but so did everybody else. You know, like I would kind of. Right that in there it's it's the conquerors and the conquered it's it's what happens yeah unfortunately yeah and that's how history works <laughs> right and then after a time like almost with uh, uh, this is touchy so i'm gonna kind of walk slowly but almost like uh israel where the israelites once were in biblical times and then you know cast out of their land palestine was formed and then you know they came back which Maybe that's the first time you hear of that, like the indigenous people coming back. And, uh, you know, I guess that's not working out too well. Uh, uh, as we can see, there is some peace and truce talks as we as we see going on right now. Which yeah, I mean. It's uh, it's the typical it's turning in almost turning into the typical cycle over there where they do peace and truce talks, talks and then right. Hamas regroups, rebuilds and then attacks again. And it's like, you know. It's never ending, never ending. Well, they're saying even with this peace and truce so they could exchange hostages and whatnot, that the area itself is just going crazy. Like all the humanitarian trucks coming in are getting bombarded by people trying to like get to them before they get to where they're going. And it's just sure. chaos over there. Well, ultimately happens with those humanitarian trucks is that they get confiscated by Hamas fighters and then they start taking the shit that they want and giving out what's left over to the people. Right. That's what happens. Right. Generally. 
And I mean, again, of course, I'm not pro anybody getting attacked first or anything. I'm just I'm just laying out facts and stuff that I've heard because I, mm -hmm. I think it's horrible for for Hamas and, you know, some Palestinians to attack Israel. Uh, but uh, this, just the history that I'm hearing is in, I guess, 47, 40, 1947, 1948, uh, England had kind of um, said that they should have. I believe 47% of Israel or 48% of Israel, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, Israel, Israelites flew, you know, started to go there and stuff. This is after world war II, um, yeah. because they were kind of warned before world war II, like the world hates you. You guys mm -hmm. need to come back to your homeland. Some listen, most didn't, but then after world war II, they started to flock. Um, and then it went up to, I think they took 80% by 1967 and then right. not too long after that uh, is when uh, they took 100%. So supposedly Hamas and Palestine want to go back to the 1967 borders. They don't want the whole thing. They want just like the 1967 borders, which was uh, 80% um, is Israeli and then the 20% Palestine. I think that the, that the PLO was into that at some point, but it seems like Hamas, is their, their dictate is to destroy Israel. And kill all Israelites, yeah, Israelis, I should say. So, yeah, I wish uh, that would be great if they could figure out some kind of solution. But I think Hamas is they're there for the death of all Israel. Israelis. Well, it shows what the Israeli uh, government is doing is effective. I mean, you know, they pretty much shut that place down in weeks to where, you know, I mean, they flattened it with bombs. They sent in their uh, their troops and stuff. And if they didn't take the, you know, their foot off of their neck, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the whole thing could end relatively quicker, but there's a lot of innocent people there that didn't take oh, yeah. a couple day warning to, to bounce, which if you live. Well, in your plus they, I mean, in, that, in the defense of those people, like they didn't have really anywhere to go. Like the, the you know, there's the border with Israel, which is 90% of the border with in Gaza. Right. Then there's like 10 percent border with Egypt and Egypt doesn't like the Palestinians either. So they they weren't let they won't let them out or right. let them into Egypt. It's, you know, so that's kind of a no win for those people over there, which, which is definitely sad for the, you know, the, the innocent people. That's okay. fucking sad. A hundred percent. Um, and, and they're saying like, you know, well. Uh, Israel uh, and, and uh, Jewish people and, and Muslims have been fighting forever. They're never going to get along. But uh, Israel gets along with Saudi Arabia. There's Muslim people there. Uh, yeah, Jordan. Wrong with uh, along with Jordan, Egypt. Egypt. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What's up, so, Rob? Bobby. Bobby. How, is, how you guys doing? How you doing? Good. Good. Good, good, got good information from the doctor. Yes. Good. 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 We'll talk. You got to keep your nuts. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, but I'm taking them. There yes, I fall for them. I love it. All right, <laughs> I do want to play before our next guest comes on something that I was trying to do last mm -hmm. week. Let me see if I could get to this. Go on a nice little light note here, because you know I'm all about doom and mother bleeping gloom. Uh, <laughs> let's see. If I can make miracles happen, boom, share sound. Okay, all right. Let me oh, see. What we share? Yeah. Oh, ha ha ha! Nice. Ha ha. Hey, welcome to the Mother Bleeping Gloom. Hey, welcome to the Mother Bleeping Gloom. Hey, welcome to the Mother Bleeping Gloom. Hey, welcome to
I'm here with Mark Marin, and I just want to say this. I love this band. I love this next band, and they have two members. How's that sound, guys? It sounds okay. The video stopped. The, okay, I just I stopped it myself just to make sure everybody could listen here. And all oh, okay. Stuff. Yeah, it sounded fine. John Stewart with yeah. the only live. Chad, which makes me love them even more. Ladies Two and gentlemen, Chad. performing I Alone yes. from the album Throwing Copper. Please welcome live. All right, now the reason why I'm playing this, I just want the audience to fucking feel this magic with these four people on stage because it's fucking amazing. It's the magic, baby. Is there supposed to be video? There's no video. No, there's no video. It's frozen on uh John Stewart there. Shit. What about and the audio is kind of like wow going in and out, sort of. Stop this. My God. It's like, come on, people. Why can't it just be easy? Okay, there. I'll try this one more time. Share. And if this doesn't work. I'm going to throw out Zoom completely and we'll just be using Restream. But let me know if y'all can see this. Does that show, Chad? There's there's video. I can see Ed. And now is it playing sound? There's sound, but it's wacky. Jesus. Your anchor is up. You've been swept away. I want to know why. Yeah, it's just frozen. This is strange. You know why? Because I don't, I, I got to give all this stuff to our young Bobby before I, uh, uh, you know, go on my own here. Cause it seems like every time he shares, it's good. So next week, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'll keep pushing. I'll see you next week. Yeah. Um, I do. Well, can have, he go, can he go find that on YouTube and play it? Probably. Probably. I just don't know where he's at in his journeys. Cause he was. Coming yeah. Back. I'm here. I'm here. Oh. Uh, look for that live. I alone, John Stewart show. Okay. Uh, and in the meantime, let me see if I can play this. Yeah. Uh, Chad, did you see, uh, do you watch UFC at all or MMA? Once in a while. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. And Ken, I see you on there. I'm going to let you in in one second, buddy. Uh, did you hear about this Sean Strickland guy who some dude was trying something by his car and he came out and like fucking pulled a gun and then knocked him, knocked him down and almost out, I think. Oh, No. All right, let Did me see hear about this. Share this little video. Uh, bong, bong, bong. Sean Strickland pulled the gun, or the yeah. guy? No, it's Sean. Really? Yeah, this oh. is cool. Check this out. Warning. I think, he can, he can, I think Sean can assault him with his hands. That's a deadly weapon. Absolutely good. Um, there we go. Oh, God, really yeah. So this guy, you see him sneaking around the car. Now he gets in between the cars, right? Kind of yeah. goes down. It's frozen for me again, dude. Fuck, dude. <laughs> oh, my. I don't know if it's frozen for everybody, but it's frozen for me. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm going to have to check on that. But uh, it, it, it was just cool, dude. He come, Sean, As soon as he sees it, he just comes running out. Um, uh, that should work, Bobby. Um, 
we're going to watch a performance of I Alone from 1997. Your Howard Stern show, baby. There you go. First time we were on Howard. Yes. I got no sound, Bobby. When you share, you got to click that share with sound button. So you might have to stop and then restart. You hear it now? I hear you, but not the show. When you share, you got to click that little share sound button before you actually share. So you click share screen and then it says, you know, uh, click sound. So you have to stop sharing and redo it, I think. I'll stop your share. Oh, youthful. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, apologize out there, ladies and gentlemen. We're not having the uh, <laughs> technical technical difficulties. Uh, yeah, we got it. Here we go. Back into the Full screen me. Really didn't know how to do anything. Right. So we learned how to do it together. And Although the ideas come from all four of us, you know, at any different time. So there's no rules. I'm like one megalomaniac. Oh, what's the, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Here we go. Here's live, everybody. It's easy to be wise. Measure these things by your brains. I sank into heat and Alone in the church by and by. I'll read to you here, Savior. Pause, Bob. Hey, thank you. Yes, I, the reason why I do that. Uh, pause it. Yeah, please yeah, pause now. Yeah, I think if we go above thirty seconds, nah, flag nah. our episode and shut it down um, for copyright material. Even though we have one of the original members on the show, uh, they don't know that. And uh, we but, have the original, original yeah. member of one of the copyright holders. Yes, that's right. Yes, I give permission to use it. <laughs> But Chad, did we hear what he said in the beginning? How uh, diplomatic he was being about the songwriting process? I mean, that's that's how it used to be. I mean, we were right. we get in a room and someone would bring in an idea and we fucking flesh it out. I mean, obviously, Ed always wrote the lyrics and melody. Always, right. always, always. There was it, never a, never a a you know any kind of thought about anyone else trying to claim that he that he did not write lyrics and melody. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think his big issue with with CT was that CT would say I wrote selling drama I wrote I alone he wouldn't he wouldn't say I wrote the guitar part that became that song you know right that's which I mean I, I see his point of view sort of but I you can't take soul writing credit for it but that's a huge chunk of uh you know let's just say the guitar part for selling the drama I mean that's a huge part of that song I mean it it really defines and let's Ed go into what he's doing. So I, I see 
both sides of it. I would never see mm -hmm. him take sole credit for writing music, but I could totally see him saying, yeah, I was a huge part of it and I, and I helped develop the song, maybe not the melody yeah. lyrics, but those melodies. And then, it's, you know, and then it's arguable would, would it be the same song if I didn't play the drum part the way I played it or made well, up or hundred. Patrick didn't play his bass part. You know, it's, it's the magic of the four people is what made, what made us great. And you, I mean, you even have, uh, you know, Dave, I mean, listen to Nirvana pre Dave Grohl. Right. With, uh, Chad, I forget the guy's name, Chad Channing, something, but Chad Channing. Chad Channing, thank you. Yes. I mean, he's a good drummer, but Dave Grohl comes along and it's like, holy fuck. It's like, there you go. A hundred percent, dude. I mean, that, that without, I mean, that goes without saying when people talk about the rhythm section of live, they always say how important. Uh, you know, you and Patrick were to the band. I mean, your drum beats are original. Your, you know, your timing stuff is original. Same with Patrick. I mean, he's not playing the same old that that breakdown and I alone, dude, on bass and drums is fucking ridiculous. Part of my French, but Ben and it. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. Uh, before my boner gets any bigger, I'm going to uh, admit, Ken, I believe it's stay to her, but I could be pronouncing that wrong. Um, Ken, if you're out there, buddy, am I pronouncing your name right? There he is. Here I am. It's Stadahar. Stadahar. There we go. Not I didn't her. hear you. I didn't Har. hear how you pronounced it, so I didn't know if uh, if you got it right or not. But most people don't. So he said no Stadahar. Her. He was pretty close. Stadahar. Yeah. Up and her. Yep, up and her. Yeah. That's my uh, Jersey accent coming out there. There you go. What's up, Ken? Thanks how for having are you? Me on. I'm doing great, man. It's an honor to uh, sit and talk with you a little bit. Thanks for the time. Awesome, man. Well, it's great to have you. We appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going to ask you lots of hard questions today. Uh, hard ones, all right. Oh boy. <laughs> I asked. That becomes easy when Ken's on. I love it. But Ken, I, uh, you, before yeah. you, before you get going, my man, wh when did you uh, when did you become aware of of live, and when did you become a fan? Yeah, it was um, really all in the same. Really, two thousand or excuse me, uh, 1994. Um, throwing copper, uh, selling the drama was the first song I remember hearing on the radio, and I was. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was hooked immediately, and then um, to this day, I still remember the I Alone video and going, what in the world? <laughs> and uh, man, I was just hooked ever since. That, to me, um, one of the best albums ever made. Forget about 90s, forget about genre. Yeah. Um, start you. to finish, uh, that thing is just, there's not a weak song on it. Correct. And and we, we did it, uh, that was on purpose, like... That's back when people were making records and we wanted to make one, you know, we wanted to make the best record we could. So, and that was the thing that stuck out was, you know, back then, you know, the music business more than me, Chad, but a lot of times you'd spend whatever 14 bucks, um, 15 bucks on a CD because you heard one song on the radio. And that one song on the radio was the only song that was worth, you know, yep. uh, anything. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the music industry sort of uh, kicked itself in the ass back then with doing that because yeah. there were some artists making great albums, right? And there were most of the artists were making one good song and then the fluffy bullshit for the rest of it. And the yeah. record company were like, put it out. You yeah. Know, make the money. Yeah. So, yeah, John, uh, that was Thanks. it, man. I've been on board since then um, through the good and the bad. And um, it's just uh, a little surreal to be sitting here right now. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough for that. Pleasure. Very welcome. Cars. Yeah. Uh, now, when because you, you mentioned selling the drama was, I guess, one of the first songs you heard. 
Yeah. You imagine that that band could technically be selling the drama years later. Cause here's right. my, here, here was my thought about the whole thing is they were four, like four friends from grade school. So my thought as a fan was these guys will never break up. They know each other too. Well, it's, they'll never have that regular band history. They're boys. For, but in then in all reality, somebody said to me, well, like, who do you talk to from grade school? and get along with Phil. And I was like, wow, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, I happen to actually have, yeah, uh, Bobby's one of them, but I happen to, happen to have a couple more, but I'm a rare breed, dude. Most people don't even remember their grade school partners, let alone get along with them and tour with them and be with them every night. So that made sense. Right. Well, I mean, yes, we, yeah. I mean, the bomb was pretty strong until around 2002, three, somewhere in there, four. And it started disintegrating, but that's that's because we were still dealing with each other as as kids, not not as men, right? You know, and then the breakup came. That was you know ridiculous, and it's just you know it's a trip. I when we came back together at sixteen, I told I told Chad Taylor and I told Patrick and I told try to tell management. I'm like, listen, we need to do therapy, band therapy, yeah. right now, like some kind of monster. I don't care if you film it or don't film it, but like band therapy, dude. That Nobody wanted to do it. I'm like, okay, good. This is this is gonna end up great, <laughs> right? You so you saw the writing on the wall. I mean, yeah, if you guys go through that much trauma and then just get back together without really doing the healing process, uh, I mean, I think you were 100 percent correct. And for people listening, I think this could still be something that happens down the road. You know, I don't think this needs to be lost on the 2016 reunion. Well, We'll see. Who knows? I mean, it's. It, I mean, what happens? What has to happen if we ever come back together is that that band therapy, absolutely one hundred percent. Yeah, and people air all the grievances, get all yeah. the bullshit out on the table, fucking try people, to heal from it, whatever. Be sorry for shit that was done. Be sorry yeah. for you know. It, there's a whole bunch of healing that needs to go on, but you know, fingers crossed that that happens. Uh, because like I said, we were, we were trying to play some, uh, some, some, uh, video of, of them, of the four of them from early days. And just the magic that happens on stage is crazy. It's fab four esque in my opinion. That's, uh, yeah. one of the things I was thinking about last night, um, was how watching them on MTV unplugged. Yeah. To me was probably what my parents felt like watching the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, but oh, it was just you. that powerful to me. And you guys were just so tight, musically so tight. Um it, it was just, I mean, second to none, really. Um and four dudes. I wish from we could have put that out. Pennsylvania? <laughs> me too. Four dudes from York, Pennsylvania. Like I don't know where the Beatles were in England. Like I don't think <laughs> they were all from the same town. You know what I'm saying? To have that much talent in fucking York, Pennsylvania, dude, is crazy. There's a few bands like that. You two was all from the same place, and you know they've uh, done some great things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the key, right? But yeah, you, you all kind of have a similar idea of the world at that point, and you know. You're young enough to not be swayed by the by the shit out there. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in, um, I was going to say something, but I just got a, a text message said saying that I shouldn't blame the band problems on Bill Hines. <laughs> I got that too, and I was just going to bring that up. Uh, everybody, is and I would never because it's not him. <laughs> 
everybody's such a Bill hater out there. I'm sure you've heard this, Ken, on all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to like meet the guy, break bread with him. He's a really cool dude. I, I could tell people straight off the bat, like, all right, you're a little bit of a dick, but like Bill doesn't seem to have that in him. If you fucking cross him, yes, he's going to come out 100%. Uh, but he's just a, he's just a business guy. He's a cool dude. He's, uh, you know, somebody, even though he doesn't really drink, he's somebody I want to drink. He, he drink. doesn't drink at all. Oh, never yeah. has. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Yeah, drinking or drugging. So I was doing all that at his apartment in the studio. <laughs> uh, nice. No, I'm so, joking. I was drinking though. So let's get to Ken's questions. We've yeah covered that. Beginning yeah. All this other stuff. What do you yeah, got, well, buddy? I, um, you know, one of the things that uh, Chad, I noticed kind of through the, the life of the band was starting out with metal jewelry, throwing copper, even secret Samadhi. There were such loud and kind of sonic guitars and, uh, the drums were so prevalent and and such um, not being a musician, it might be hard for me to describe, but the, the drums were right there um, and they were almost moving the song forward by themselves. Uh, and then as you kind of moved into, you know, Birds of Prey and, and Five and Black Mountain, the sound changed a lot. It became a lot more mm -hmm. acoustic, a lot more, I would say, um, watered when, down I, I you know i don't want to offend you chad uh not but, but it, became, it lost its edge it. maybe uh and yeah. that edge came back with the gracious few my god uh and then the album you guys did with shin were mind-blowing again so it was almost like you guys took it back to where things started from a sonic standpoint and i was just wondering if maybe you could talk about that a little bit was that attributable to songwriting or growing older or there was a well I mean, for us, it was, I mean, for me personally, it was just a song or anything. Um, those, after Distance to Hear, Ed decided he just wanted to stop writing with Chad Taylor. And so he would just bring his ideas without anyone else's, I don't know, say-so in them to, to to the sessions and or even just to show up and play at, at when we're making the record. So <clears throat> it was mostly, it's just all, all Ed's ideas and they were, their range and everything. And all we had to do was play along. And so Chad, that, I think around part of it, I think, but I think around the time Ken's talking about is almost when you went behind the cage during the concerts. Uh, yeah, there was that too. And that wasn't your idea. It was no, hell no. I fucking hated that shit. It felt like a damn monkey. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was, I mean, at that point, I think that was kind of running the band and, that's that's the direction he kind of wanted to go. We were sort of aiming for like adult contemporary rock at that point. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. And so oh, the gracious shoe was a direct assault against that. Yeah, <laughs> and you know it was, yeah, what it was basically the, the three of us, Patrick, Chad, and I, just able to fucking write songs the way we used to. Yeah. And so when Kevin was all in, and Sean, Sean was all in as well. So we just rocked it out. And then Shin was the same thing. It was like we. It's funny because we with uh with the turn, we we basically went back and just like okay, what, what are we do on throwing copper? Like so, we kind of kind of modeled some of the songs off of throwing copper. Yeah, you could definitely um, hear it. You could hear yeah. it for sure. And uh, and then you know Shin Shin was his own thing, and he he's a great singer, but he was you know his his issue was he just I don't think we did a whole show where he remembered all the lyrics, so oh. that was a problem. Yeah, and. Like I said, great singer, great performer, 
great guy. Loved him as a person, still do. But, uh, and then, you know, and then it was time for Ed to come back. So this, this is just the way things went. When Ed came back, was your expectation that this was going to be kind of snapped back right to 2009 when you guys called it a hiatus? Or were you hoping and thinking that there's maybe reason to think this could be what the band was back in its, its it, during its well, I was very hopeful it was going to be what it was. I, I was hopeful we were going to get in a room and fucking play, you know, rock out songs again. Yeah. And, and we never did that. And then that EP got made with out you Robin yeah. situation, fucking Chad, <laughs> you know, had gave those songs to Robin, let him play on them. I never even heard those songs. Never even got a chance to like play on them. And then he started telling management and internally in the band that I lost my edge and I couldn't play anymore and like make and make up song, make up drum parts. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening to me? So, um, <laughs> and and then I had to go along with the lie that I played on that record. It was just like, what the f- like this is so fucked up. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Chad, I got well, thought- Sorry, John. No, it's all good, Ken. I just have a quick question. Like, did you guys ever? Because I feel like all the fan feedback was like, can't these guys get back to throwing copper and, and that hard stuff? Like, did you guys hear that in the band, or was that just the fans kind of outside saying it? Because it was said pretty loud. Like, oh, you know, I, I heard that. I mean, uh, I knew that. I'm uh, sure everyone else did, but you know, there's there's personalities in the band that you know they they think they know best, so they're that that's what they want to do. Yeah, and they are that they don't have certain people just have no one around them anymore telling them no. It's all, make, all yes, men. Can I make oh. a complete story in my head and just see if, if this sounds about right? It, it seems to me that you all four were working so well together and, you know, there wasn't uh, much talk about you guys writing music separately and stuff, but it seems like once Chad Taylor started saying like salt, that he wrote some of these songs solo style that it almost put, an ego on Ed to be like, oh, really? Well, now I'm going to show you that none of your songs are going to be on an album and it's going to be all my shit and we're doing it this way. Uh, well, that's 100% what happened. I mean, it, but that started in the 90s and yeah. throwing Topper, where Chad would give an interview and say, I wrote something in drama, I wrote this. And then and that would piss off Ed. And I don't know if they had actually had conversations about it, which they should have as men, or we should have had a fucking band meeting about it, whatever. Yeah. Never did that. And then like I said, around 1999, 2000, Ned's like, I'm not writing with you anymore. Yeah. And that never said why that I know of. Yeah. But you can read between the lines and go, yeah. So you can't take credit for anything, you know, which is its own kind of egotistical bullshit, but Hey, yes. whatever. Yes. I mean, you, you, you get it to some point of view, but the, the, the more mature approach is, Yo, let's have a conversation about this, dude. Why are you taking credit for shit that either we wrote together or you just came up with the guitar part? And to say you just came up with the guitar part, like I said, for a song like Selling the Drama or Lightning Crashes, that guitar part is a huge part of the song. You know, it's Absolutely. not just, yeah. Yeah, it's not just like you're adding a solo over these chords that are put together. That's, you know, that's the meat. That's a big chunk of the song that's you know, being written by, I'm guessing, Chad Taylor. I, I think Ed wrote Lightning Crashes, but I'm just saying, like, selling the drama, mm-hmm. stuff like that, there's very uh, iconic guitar 
parts that really make up that song. Yes. So I understand sure. both points of view, but mm -hmm. uh, I think if they spoke like men and like something like this, you know, where it's a long form conversation, they could both get their thoughts out. And Ed says, well, there, I don't like you taking solo credit because I also wrote these lyrics, came up with the melodies. So, you, you know, like there could just be conversation rather than, all this hate building up and egos getting inflated and, and all this shit. Like, I think Dude. from outside looking in that your, your band's problems like are technically so solvable. You know what I'm saying? Nobody stabbed the other person's mother or, or shit like that. I know crazy shit went on, but it just seems yeah. like you could have some, some therapy and shit like that. I agree. I agree. Totally. I mean, therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Make Sorry a fucking I... and, and film it. Why not? Like fucking, let's do it. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. I was told. Uh, I was told like Talladega Nights. Like we're gonna get back together. Whenever we're, we're not gonna bring up the past. We're just gonna bury it deep down inside. And never talk about it. That's that was basically the edict from Chad. Once once uh to Patrick and I. Once uh Ed came back, I was like, oh, this is gonna be fucking great. Of course, he wanted that for sure. Um, but. I mean, that's not the way to, you can't just uh, think about if you did that to a girl you dated, you know, you guys had such a horrible ending and then you got back together and said, you know what? We're not going to work on anything in the past. We're just going to go forward. Not happening. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it doesn't work with anybody for right. anything, for any, to, to be sustainable, at least. Ken, have you heard the uh, unreleased songs that, that, that were, uh, gonna be on the new album, not the EP that came out in between. Oh my god, uh, I got privy to hear four of those songs. I believe one of them being 10,000 Cups studio version, and then the fifth song, I believe, was a, a, re a remade I Alone, which was just phenomenal. But yeah, 10,000 Cups was pretty cool. We, but it, again, it wasn't, it was not the four of us in a room, it was we kind of put it together in the studio, but it, it's a cool song for sure. <laughs> dope song man and and the other three that were on what was supposed to be this this new record was really getting back to your throwing copper days uh, maybe not <laughs> thousand cups but chad were you do do you know if or remember if you were involved with those other two or three songs that were going to be on uh because it almost seemed like you guys got into a room where like yo let's play music together again on, on a couple of those um was that the case or was this still just being brought by i guess ed um I don't know where 10,000 comes from. It may have come from Ed. I'm not sure exactly because it was Chad had, Chad had like taken over all like the production of everything. So he was putting shit together in the studio and then, Oh, come in and play drums on this. And, and that's, that's kind of what it was. Um, so I don't know who came up with the ideas exactly. Tell you the well, truth. Since Bill Hines is the big bad wolf, if people were nice to him, he could probably like stream you some of these things so you could hear them. He can't, of course, release them, but uh, that's what he did for me. He played them for me so I could hear them live. Wow. Uh, and, and it was just, I was like, what the fuck? Why were these songs shelled? And then that EP came out because the EP, part of my French, was way weak compared to these songs. Um, well, Bill, Bill just said that they were all Ed's ideas, which makes sense. Ah. I mean, see, I think he had bottled up ideas and then we, you know, got a hold of them and started working with them, but we never got in a room and played them. We just, he, I think we recorded the guitar and vocal and then Chad to a click check and then we just put it together that way. Wow. Stuff, you know? I mean, yeah, I'd love to hear them. 
you definitely would, but I just don't understand. Like if, if you had lightning in a bottle, right. And you could just, just pull it out at any time, bam, lightning. And you guys did that with mental jewelry and throwing copper. So you had the recipe for fucking lightning in a bottle. And then I don't know. I just, well, we didn't, we didn't make those records for radio. And that's what this fucking EP was. It was like, Oh, we're making this for rock radio. Now. Oh. Like that. The Foo Fighters don't fucking make, a record for rock radio they just make a fucking record and they go right you know, bust it out green day all those bands like they fucking Dude. write songs that are that move them and then they put them on a record 100 100 and like you said it the the songs were just so good like mental jewelry and throwing copper sounded like nothing you heard before like it to me it changed me like like nirvana changed the music like that's how much mental jewelry and throwing copper meant to me like we, I what? We wouldn't even we wouldn't even entertain, or sometimes it was just me or some one of us would you know if if all four of us didn't like get this fucking like hair on the back of your neck standing up feeling from a song we wouldn't even play it so that's what that's why all those songs are fucking great because all four of us were like fuck this is badass like yeah and, and sometimes it took us to work into that it wasn't like you wrote the song and it's like oh my god you you had to sometimes craft the song into being that right like, you, all all four of us had to feel it. Yeah, and then I, we got totally away from that. Yeah. It was just like, here's this idea, play this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, this kind of, I don't feel this, but okay, I'll act like I do. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. If there was just somebody like just saying, "Come on, you, you fucking speak up here," or tell us, we, we never had, we never had a proper manager like you two had Paul McGinnis. If we had a fucking Paul McGinnis, we'd probably be in better better shape. But like. We never had a real manager that was like, no, fuck you guys. You're not doing that. Like, get in a fucking yeah. room or here's a therapist. Let's fucking do this. Get your shit worked out. And then let's write great music. Yeah. It was just like we had, you know, yes, man, fucking managers like, oh, okay, well, Ed wants this. Oh, uh, okay. How depressing, man. Yeah, you know, that was ridiculous. What could have been uh, and what could still be, but just what could have been if, um, uh, again, I love I love all uh, all the albums from you know, Five Birds of Prey, all that stuff. Uh, but I, th Throwing Copper and the Distance to Here for me are just uh, are just some of the best. And then there's songs that were supposed to be on the Distance to Here that just didn't make it. That were I think a lot of guitar parts by Chad Taylor, and then Ed just kind of shelved them to put his slower like Dance with You on. But that album again, start to finish, is legendary. It like the dolphins cry, run to the water. What? Those are fucking epic, dude. Like mm -hmm. epic sound. Ep and, and wasn't yes, they played friendly on the radio, but they weren't what was on the radio at the time. That's what I loved about you guys is you were original. It wasn't it wasn't the normal stuff you heard on the radio. Like once you caught what was you guys playing something, you're like, yo, what the fuck is that? And then all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We wrote music to we wrote music that moved us. That was it. Yeah, that's what you needed to get back to. Yeah, and I'm sorry for hijacking your spot. No, here. no, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, Chad. I'm just wondering. You know, as you talk about kind of Ed taking the reins um, with the songwriting, it sounds like the three of you were just kind of along for the ride at that point. Was there any pushback from any of the three of you to say no? Ed, you're not going to do this. And do you think that by allowing him to do that, that kind of enabled him to maybe do some things later on down the line? Um, I remember, you know, hearing stories of a uh, front man 
bonus for shows and things like that towards the end of the run there in 09. Uh, do you think that enabled him in any way by giving him that power? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And there was, there was, there was a point where if I didn't like an idea, I just wouldn't play to it. And maybe I didn't handle it in the most mature way I should have, but I was just like, oh, I don't fucking want to play that. And it would piss everybody off. And I'd be like, I don't care. I don't, I don't fucking feel it. Like I don't want to play it. You know? And that happened a few times. And there was a point though, where I just gave up doing that. Cause I just would piss everybody off. And I was like, ah, and, and you know, once you start making a lot of money and you're successful, it's like, do you, you want to like rock the boat that much and piss everybody off? But, yeah. and I'm not saying I'm the end all be all the guy that picked every song that was great to fucking play on. But there was a point where I just stopped going, stop being the no man. And because Patrick was just, Patrick would go along with whatever. And he, that's, he's just a, you know, easy going guy. Yeah. Um, and I think Chad also at some point was just like, oh, well, that's what, when Ed told Chad that he didn't want to write with him, well, that devastated Chad. So I think it just shut him down. Yeah. And, and then so that he shit behind the scenes. Sorry. Or, yeah. Ish. I mean, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean, shady shit behind the scenes? I mean, just to me, the, the way the breakup happened in 2009, it seemed like you and Patrick were getting a lot of. Uh, ideas of the way things happened or went down from Chad Taylor that weren't necessarily the truth or, or, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that was another mistake that I've made. I'm, I'm, I let Chad Taylor do all the communication with, with Ed. He was basically the funnel. And that, that's, that's kind of what happened when they came back, he was the funnel. And, but he puts himself in that position in order to be the funnel because he wants to control situations. And that, I would never let that happen again to myself yeah. or anybody else at this point. I would never let, you know, if, if we come back together in any, in any sense, I'm like, there's no fuck. We're all getting in a room. We're all discussing everything at the same time. There's not yeah. going to be Ed talking to Chad and Chad coming back to Patrick and I and saying this and who fucking knows what Ed really said or what really went down or what the negotiation was. Right. Because, you know, I trusted Chad implicitly hundred percent back in those days. And that's, you know, I can, I will never let myself have the wool pulled over my eyes again like that. As you should have been able to trust him though. So it's not like you were fucking doing something stupid. This is your boy from childhood. You should be able to trust that person with your fucking life, you know, right. and, and everything Absolutely. in their mouth. So I, I thought I, I could. Yeah. I, I feel for you on so many levels with that because a friendship was lost. Somebody you trusted was lost. Somebody you thought had your best interest did not like, there's so many things that go into it. And I hope, uh, and, and really hope that Chad Taylor for one takes a good look at himself in the mirror, because it seems to me to this day, he still hasn't. And he still thinks his position is right. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't to me. It doesn't seem like it is, but I would, if this was the case and you know, I was rolling stones, 1995 artists of the year, I would, take a good look at to why I'm not still in that band and producing and writing great music and why, you know, a couple of my best friends don't talk to me anymore. It's just my opinion is I, I would look at myself and question, are you doing things right? Did you? Well, I don't stuff? know if he is or not. He may, maybe he's different now. I'm not sure. I mean, I've talked to him very, very, very little in the last couple of years. So because so, I'm protect, I mean, I've talked to him very little because I've protected myself. I'm, I'm not, ever, you know, Basically, every time you talk to him, it would be manipulation of some kind. So, yeah, yeah, you just never. So you can't. 
it's hard to trust what's coming out of his mouth. Yeah. After being burnt for so long, you kind of feel the fire, I think, or something like that. So yeah, to answer your question, Quinn, Ken, yes, it was like, we we kind of all kind of let go. And the three of us, when I say all of us, and kind of let Ed take the reins. And that, you know, emboldened him to, you know, to do, I don't know, maybe not the best things for the band. Yeah. And I remember, not to switch gears completely, but I remember a quote from Chad um, Taylor in that Rolling Stone piece, where his explanation for taking a bigger cut during the reunion was it represented the historical truth of the band. Uh -huh. I don't know if you remember that, but for whatever reason that just stuck out in my mind when I read it, however many months ago. And I just thought, what, what a crock of shit. I mean, obviously <laughs> I don't know what, you know, I don't know what he knows, but again, you know, you guys always seem like such a four piece to me and you know, without one of you, you weren't live. Oh, we absolutely were the historical truth of the band. The historical truth of the band was, was, was represented in the songwriting, how the songwriting was split up for sure. But as, as far as like the amount of work, the amount of touring, the amount of time and effort we all put into this, that was, I mean, Jesus Christ, we all were out there on the road. We were all out there doing the fucking, you know, all the, all the promotion, all that stuff. So right. Historical all truth is, families, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, historical truth, that's, you know, his interpretation of it, I guess. I mean, yeah, so bizarre. I just, that always stuck out to me and I'm going, what? How do you, how do you justify saying something like that when it comes to live show revenue? Right, exactly, and it was historical truth that was never conveyed to Patrick and I until we were sitting in a room and be like, "Oh yeah, I got Ed has forty, you have thirty, and you each got 15 I'm like, "What the fuck? What? What just happened?" <laughs> were those That's discussions that were had just between Chad and Ed? You think to to get those initial numbers, and then apparently, yes, they, they, they just thought that you two would go along with. A fraction of what they were getting uh yeah and some and we did i mean unfortunately yeah. in the in the discussion where it was already determined what, what the splits were going to be chad came to a meeting we were realigning all the companies we own with bill at that point the, the ownership structures and those and at the end of that chad comes in with the live stuff and i'm like you're fucking mixing these two things together that pissed me off from the beginning and then he came in with Ed's 40, I'm 30, you're 15 each. I'm like, what the fuck? And so before I left the room, I had it to 20 each of us, the three of us. Makes but then sense. when the paperwork came, no, nope, it was 15. So I got fucked right there too from the beginning of that reunion. Just like, oh, okay. So yeah, that whole thing was just tarnished to me. The whole reunion was just, one of them wanted to do the therapy, no one wanted to do that. And then I get fucking shafted in the ass with 15%. Like, okay, great. Thank you. You Chad, know, is lifelong that, friends is that is that 15 percent uh, which again is ridiculous it should have been 20 20 20 40 uh is, is that 15 oh, 25 25 25 yeah, yeah agreed agreed but, but i guess the reason why i was saying 20 20 20 40 is if like ed was like this is what i need because i'm writing everything at this point so going forward this is how it works this is that this was my question was the 15 15 30 40 was that going forward or does that even include back shit from like what you're getting paid from back catalogs and stuff like that uh back catalog stuff didn't change ah so. okay okay but i mean uh, pity, but and I, I don't know if ed asked for 40 or if chad gave him 40 i don't know because i wasn't in the conversation this right. is my point like i'm there's 
never any more business conversations. If we come back together ever again, where I'm not sitting in the fucking room yeah. with everybody with a fucking yeah. lawyer at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, let's memorialize what we're talking about here. Insane. Hey puppies. Uh, yeah, man, I, I completely, I completely, uh, agree with you. It's just, you know, you don't want that in your, in your band, you know what I'm saying? Like it, you shouldn't have to, like, it should be you for able to hash it out. You shouldn't have to worry about fucking somebody stabbing you in the back and all that shit. It's just, it's a, it's a crazy, um, it's like, a, I don't know. Getting messages from Bill. I guess he knows, but he told, he said that Chad offered the 40%. I mean, if, if I was it, I would take it if it was offered to me. Of Hell yeah. <laughs> And he said, he's he he texting me around. Ed was actually shocked. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he was, but why would he say no? Right. Yep. And he was probably told that Patrick and I were cool with it. Yep. He had no idea what was happening. Yeah. But uh, Jesus, man. But <laughs> God bless the guy to orchestrate and then orchestrate it kind of coming back and then to really dismantle it piece by piece to where right. it's like, Good Lord, putting this guy back together, you know? Yeah, and then, you know, give himself double what I'm making. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Not for nothing. You got the hardest job on stage behind Ed, your full body. I mean, you're sweating. Chad Taylor could be there in a fucking winter coat and a hat on and fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, give him a stomp was cool and shit like that, but you're fucking dripping sweat back there, man. You're you're working for that, Lou. I was getting, yeah, good. it was always a good workout. Yeah. Yeah. What else, Ken? What do you got, buddy? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I know we're kind of probably running short on time, but Chad, one thing you mentioned uh, or quoted on in the Rolling Stone article or they referenced in the article was you had hoped that maybe by the end of the year, it sounded like you were optimistic with maybe heading out on the road with Ed as a part of live. Yeah. Um, any updates on that? Is there any information you could share or things kind of where they were then? So, I mean, I was asked for my vote under the premise that I will be touring. And so I gave my vote, this is a vote to remove Chad. And so, and at the time I was pissed off. And so, yeah, I voted to remove Chad. And I thought that that could, you know, give Ed and I clarity to move forward and go out. And it was actually myself and Bill trying to push Ed to have Patrick in the band. Because uh, I thought it would be better with three than, than two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and there was a time where you know I was asking Patrick to vote with me in, in this company I'm with Chad Taylor, where because he hasn't provided financials to me this whole time for this company. And the, the the last phone call was Ed, Patrick, and I on the phone, and Chad and it was like, okay, Patrick, you vote with C, you vote with CG. We removed Chad from that company. We're all good. And uh, so and then Patrick didn't vote. So. And I thought, I was like, well, okay, well, so we can get rid of, you know, set Patrick to the side. But I was called by Ed and told, oh, yeah, shows are booked, but, you know, I, I don't want the drama. I'm like, the drama? What drama's going to be? <laughs> it's like, I think we got to change it from selling the drama to fucking stealing the drama, because that sounds like a straight up fucking heist pulled by, you know, the, I, I mean, I hate to say, it, but it seems like a heist pulled by the one and only Ed Kowalczyk in that scenario when it comes down to it because it seems slight a hand here uh you know give me your 15 percent so we could get out you know the member that's draining us all and then oh by the way shows are booked and i'm going out on tour with other people that yeah. to me does not seem cool that does not seem um 
you know, the right way to do things. So, you know, maybe Chad Taylor had a reason to do some shit shady, you know, the way he did because of that type of manipulation. Like, you know, that, that seems crazy to me to sit there, look your friend in the face, say, we want to remove the cancer. Uh, so I need your, your percentage to do that. And then sideline that person who helped you remove the cancer is just fucking weird um, to me. But who the fuck am I? It's definitely weird. It's definitely weird. Absolutely. (laughs) How did you and Pat, I mean, obviously Ed did an Instagram thing where he said, you know, I own 55% alive. Chad Taylor's no longer going to stop the music, blah, blah, blah. How did you and Patrick find out that not only were you not going out on the road, but presumably you're not involved with live in any capacity moving forward? Well, by the phone call, like that was... So when he put that on an Instagram post, that's when I had agreed with Ed to give him my vote to, right. to, to get rid of Chad. So and then, but in the talks past that, after that Instagram post, I was like, oh yeah, let me try to work on Patrick. And Bill was trying to Bill told Ed to like have Patrick too. It's like let's have Patrick in the band. And uh, and then the whole thing went down that I described earlier. And then shows got booked. There was you know some money on the table, and all of a sudden you get the call. You know, Patrick, I guess Patrick got the same call. It's like, oh, I can't have you in the van. No drama. Ugh. But there's a huge problem. I mean, in, in, in everybody's eyes, I don't. Okay, listen to me. I mean, I guess bands have done this before, but how do you take out from a four-piece band three of the pieces and still call it the same band? I just don't understand. Now, I mean... Okay, the sound of that voice you're never going to, I guess, be able to do. But, you know, you you can't, to me personally, that's like fucking, uh, you know, you taking three of the members out of my family and then putting three new members in and then calling them my family. But no, that's not the case. You know, it's like these are three new people and my family now is a different name. It's not the Rotolo family anymore. It's fucking the whatever to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't see it. I agree. Yep. And I'm still thankful that there's live music out there being played. There's live music out there live in concert, but fuck man. Like, you know, I was happy going to see Ed do his solo shows and supporting that way than going to see, you know, this, this live that isn't live. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not, you know, because I love, I still love people in that band. Zach Lloyd being one of them. I consider him a friend. That's great. And- yes, Absolutely. And I think he's one of the best guitarists. And I think if you had Patrick, Chad Gracie, Ed Kowalczyk, and Zach Lloyd, that would be the best iteration. That was the idea. That was exactly the idea. God, would that be the best iteration ever? You have everything that you learned sonically from Chad Taylor and a virtuoso like Zach Lloyd, whose mind just works, dude. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, if, lords, gods, if you're out there listening, fucking make this shit happen, dude. Please. That four piece with Zach Loy, man. Four piece and a chicken wing. But <laughs> uh, you know, th- just just my thoughts, dude. It, it's uh, I mean, do, do people know like when they're going out to see live who aren't hardcore fans? Do they know like these aren't the uh, three? I don't think they they don't they don't denote it in any advertisement. They're not like oh you know right. Only, only original members of Ed. I don't think they, they say right. that. So. Yeah. It's just a sad state of affairs. And again, I'm appreciative to still have the music, but I just wish it was all done with 
more respect for the band. Like, I feel like the live is being disrespected in that, in that manner. You know what I'm saying? Like live 2.0 or something, call it if you really want to keep that live name. But I just feel like, you know, it's not, it's not right. Mm -hmm. But agree. Yeah. Ken. So yeah, we do got to end this. You got anything more for Chad before we just one last thing I'll share with you guys. I talked to my, uh, my seven-year-old son last night about coming on the show and um i asked him if i could borrow his magic eight ball here <laughs> i asked him if uh live with the original four members were ever going to reunite and it said likely yeah so, you never know fingers crossed man those things <laughs> are always right 100 be a while but you never know <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, anytime is better than no time. And you want me uh, to tell you when I feel it's going to happen because it's going to ha- this is going to happen. And this is when I feel they will start talking. They're going to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's no way they are not. And they're not going to induct this new iteration. That's not how it works. Nope. So there's going to be a time uh-huh. where, yeah. where you guys are asked. To I won't play. let that happen. Right. <laughs> it couldn't happen. As far as I know, with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that they do it this way specifically, period, end of story. Like if Kiss was brought in like they still bring back the original members and stuff they might let the new guys play or whatever but they're they're really inducting the original members uh so i think that that's the longest we'll have to wait and who knows when the fuck the rock and roll uh hall of fame is going to get around to doing it because there's so many great bands that aren't in there um you know <laughs> just two years ago i believe dave matthews band was voted in by the fans and the rock and roll hall of fame went against them so they yeah. kind of know what they're doing but there's got to be a time where live gets inducted. I mean, you're Rolling Stones, 95 artists of the year. You've sold over 25 million records, throwing coppers eight to 10 times platinum, whatever the fuck. Like those stats and those legions of fans just don't fall by the wayside. And uh, for me, there's a shining hope if and when that happens or when that happens. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. Ken, I want to thank you for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. And um, uh, Ed, I'm going to, or Chad, excuse me, I'm going to have to find a way to get you a video of my three-year-old rocking out to uh, TBD. Cool. Yeah, man. You sent it to John, yeah? Yeah, he loves loves that song. So uh, when we're driving in the car, that song comes on, he goes berserk. So you might appreciate it. (laughs) Take some videos. I'd love to see it. it, Absolutely. For sure. Cool, we'll, man. Uh, we'll play it. Thank you again. Thank uh, you. Gentlemen, that was right, take care, bud. See you, Chad. Stata Har. Right? Stata Har. There, there we go. go. See, I knew I would get it. It takes me a second, but look out, ladies and gentlemen. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh everybody, you guys know we have gear up on trepublic.com. Uh it's not just t-shirts, it's hoodies, it's cell phone cases, it's uh cups travel mugs all this stuff uh there should be a drop down but there's four different designs that you could put on any one of those things i'm saying so there's four different the gracious two designs that you could put on t-shirts sweatshirts uh all that all that fun stuff we put Uh, a a link in the some of the bios on like youtube and for sure i believe it's linked to our instagram already i think it's linked Mm -hmm. to our facebook but yeah we'll get i'll get on there and make sure it's uh linked all the way around um, for those who want to catch us on Instagram, it's the underscore gracious underscore two, uh, everywhere else. I believe it's just slash the gracious two, all one word. 
Uh, don't spell gracious like I did one time where I put the U before the O or something. Uh, something like that. But we're making moves here, ladies and gentlemen. Trying to, uh, you know, we're, we're a small show. We're operating, uh, you know, uh, by the seat of our pants here. Uh, but we're trying, we're trying to, we're trying to hook you guys up with cool content with cool stuff. And, um, I love all your responses. I, I, I love to comment back to you. Sometimes I don't get to everybody, but we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we appreciate Absolutely. Yeah. All that good stuff. And where can they find you, Mr. Gracie? At the Chad Gracie on Instagram is what I, what I mainly use. And my favorite is just hashtag Chad Gracie hates hashtags. That's right. You could you could put that into Google and see all all the all the shit. It's a it's a good hashtag, dude. Uh, I like it. I have fun with it. I've never Googled it. That's funny. I try that sometimes. Yeah, 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 dude. Definitely check it out. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys. We'll be live uh, next week. Oh, next week is Larry Hankins. So get your uh, yeah. Everybody get ready. He's yeah. Look him up. You'll recognize him immediately. Yes. Uh, if not from anything, from a movie you probably all watching right now, Home Alone. He was he was one of the officers in there. Uh, right. I'm going to try and stop this. And I got to stop it in a couple places, so don't say anything you don't want heard yet, Chad, until I, until I say that.